Hello and welcome to another episode of Marissa Unfiltered, a podcast with me, Marissa. That's right folks, it's me, Marissa, the Shetland Pony. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Megan Thee Stallion and Ken the Man this week and it's really making me want to go and financially dominate someone, preferably a really pathetic man. Um, but that's just how I'm feeling this week. How are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Or oh, sorry about that, love. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's get right into the show. I do have something in the news I want to talk about this week, purely because I want to make a joke about colonialism. So let's go. There's a rare diamond within a diamond found in India and they've dubbed it the beating heart. So basically, a diamond company in India, they found this like large hollow diamond that has another diamond within it. And they've, they called it the beating heart. And when I saw that, I was like, hmm, how long is it until the British Museum or the British government invades India? How long is it until the royal family finds some excuse to go to India and steal more of their jewels? That's it. That's why I wanted to mention that one. Because fuck the royal family. Also, in other news, after eight years of research, a malaria vaccine um, has been approved in Africa. They've been trying to develop a malaria vaccine for over a century at this point. I don't know exactly why it's so complex to develop a malaria vaccine. I assume part of the reason is because mainly brown people are the ones to suffer with um, from malaria and so it probably wasn't on a lot of people's radar for a long time um, or it wasn't like taken super seriously but they have been developing it for the past eight years and it was just approved in Nigeria and Ghana and it is likely to be approved by other countries in Africa as well, which will be amazing because it's insane that we're in 2023 and people are still dying from malaria. So that is great news. And um, so what I'm gonna do this week actually is gonna be a good news sandwich because I started with some good news there and that's kind of just, you know, some nice things that are happening in the world. And then I have a good news story to end with, which is so adorable. But we're gonna go straight into today's topic, which I'm sure you can guess from the title will be about Jared Leto, 30 Seconds to Mars and their alleged cult. And the reason actually why I decided to do this episode, I was going to do something else, but I decided to go with this one because I mentioned Jared Leto in the last episode where I was talking about, I think I was talking about the, the WeWork guy and Jared Leto's name came up and I was like, Yeah, this is really interesting. And I know kind of somewhat about the accusations, but I actually never looked into it. So I thought it would be a good time to like actually talk about it. So that's enough talking and rambling about nonsense. Let's get straight into the topic. Branch Geridians inside Jared Leto's alleged cult. Now, before we move on, I just want to say that a lot of the information presented here are 
allegations. However, some of the things I will mention actually come straight from the horse's mouth and I will clarify which is which. I was gonna say let's do a drinking game, drink every time I say it allegedly, but you might end up dying so please don't do that. Today's episode is Branch Geridians, which is a play on, it's a play on Branch Davidians. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Branch Geridians inside Jared Leto's alleged cult. It seems like everyone has their own cult these days and it kind of makes me feel like I'm missing out on something, like maybe I should be starting one as well. That's a complete aside. Maybe I'll put a pin in that for a later date. I'm kidding, I'm not going to start a cult. Instead of starting with the history of the main subject, I thought it would be nice to shake things up a bit. We're going to travel back to March of 2020. What a wonderful time that was. People were dying while governments were forcing workers to take their poor asses to work. Some governments were even denying that there was anything to worry about in the first place. People were confused. One of those poor confused souls was none other than Jared Leto himself. He wasn't confused because there was this mystery virus similar to the flu that was on the loose. No folks, he was confused because he just came out of a retreat where allegedly he didn't have access to the internet so he did not know that there was even a pandemic happening in the first place. That was the first time I heard about their alleged cult. The story goes something like this. Allegedly, the band invited fans to a retreat in Croatia where Leto adopted the very cliche white robes look to host hundreds of his fans for a three-day music festival on a Croatian island. Along with the music festival, they also had things like yoga and movie screenings. I know what you're saying, that doesn't sound very culty to me. The band tweeted photos of Leto. Basically, he was walking around ahead of people and the people following behind him, which is usually what happens when someone walks ahead. Um, <laughs> they were also wearing white robes and the caption on these photos read, yes, this is a cult, hashtag Mars Island. This all took place in 2020 when everyone except key workers, who the UK government now paints as dirty rotten scoundrels, were at home with nothing better to do than to go on the internet. The pictures the band tweeted caused a frenzy across social media, with loads of people immediately calling Leto a cult leader. I actually was one of those people, but I don't I don't think I tweeted anything though. I don't remember tweeting because I don't usually tweet. I think I just looked at my phone and whispered, that's a cult, to myself before putting my phone down and binge watching some TV shows from my childhood. Normally, what happens on social media when someone, be it a celebrity or a normie, attracts a lot of attention for something, if they've ever done anything remotely wrong, even if they've littered or jaywalked, it will come to light. People will trip over themselves to expose whoever it is that's getting the most attention. This case was no different. A lot of people started reminding the unaware that Leto is allegedly a bit of a creep. I think this would be a good place to go into his history a little bit, which will naturally lead into the creepy antics. In this next part, I'll run through his bio and then I'll list some of the weirdest things he's done. So hopefully that works for you, girl. 
So Leto was born in Louisiana in 1971, but his family traveled around a lot when he was a child. He said this was mainly due to his mother, his mother's father being in the Air Force. Apparently his mum was a hippie who encouraged Jared and his brother Shannon to pursue the arts, which is, you know, sweet or whatever. Leto's Wikipedia page says that he was raised around a lot of artists, musicians, photographers, painters, and people that were in theater. He added that just having the art communal hippie experience as a child, there wasn't a lot of clear boundaries. There wasn't a clear line that was drawn. We celebrated creative experiences and creative expression. We didn't try to curtail it and stun any of that kind of growth. Hold on to that point because it will, I will come back to it later on. Now, I thought he was just the band guy who transitioned into being an actor, but this is actually not true. He was actually an actor way before they started the band, and (laughs) he saw- I don't know why I'm so shady for, like, no reason, because this next part is kind of unnecessary, but let's roll with it. He was actually an actor who starred in Delight, such as the Hugh Hefner biopic and Basil, which is a film about a lonely young aristocrat in in turn-of-the-century England who struggled to meet the approval of his overbearing class-conscious father. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it just was so... I was reading... I was reading the blurb and I was like, ugh, this sounds boring. He was also in Blockbuster... He was also in blockbuster smash hit Morbius, which everybody universally loved. Okay, so I was taking the piss a little bit there. He's actually got a really impressive resume, along with Suicide Squad, which maybe I should have mentioned earlier because it actually, I haven't seen it, but a lot of people did not like that film at all. But it was like, quite a big movie I guess. Um, He was also in Blade Runner 2049, Dallas Buyers Club, which he won an Oscar for but a lot of people find his role problematic since he's a cis-het man playing a transgender character and people saying, well, why isn't it that they could have found someone who was trans to play that role and I completely understand that. He also was in Requiem for a Dream, a film which traumatised me to no end as a child. I think that's one of those films where I was way too young to have seen that movie. His band 30 Seconds to Mars, which he's in with his brother Shannon, is quite popular too. They've been around since 1998 and has managed to remain relevant for over 25 years. Although they have changed up their sound a little bit over the years, but I feel like that's what a lot of bands have to do to remain relevant for that long. I did say in the past episode that I listened to them. It's mainly just that one song, which I won't sing because I don't know if it's like a Bloody Mary thing where you summon them through their music but also I'm afraid of copyright infringement that's a thing that people abuse so I'm not trying to poke the bear I mentioned Suicide Squad as well on the set of that film Leto became known for his method acting where he basically went around pulling stupid fucking stunts and pranks on his co-stars for no reason like no apparent reason really side note I feel like a lot of actors who are known for their method acting are just 
gaping fucking assholes who go around making their colleagues life lives difficult in order to make themselves seem more talented and more like ooh like I don't know it just they just do it to make themselves seem more important and talented than they sometimes are it's my personal belief that only Daniel Day-Lewis should be allowed to method act now that I've given you the rundown on Jared Leto, as well as my opinion on method acting, I'll give you a cute little list of some of the weirdest things Jared Leto has ever done. Allegedly. Please bear in mind I said allegedly, so don't come for me. Allegedly, he likes some young. According to the New York Post, who published an article in 2005 where the opening line read, Jared Leto likes some young, which is creepy no matter who says it, by the way. It goes on to say that the then 33-year-old actor, who was last seen squiring around town with Ashley Olsen and Lindsay Lohan, who, by the way, were both around the age of 19 years old at the time. So he was 33 at the time, they were 19 at the time. And he was seen squiring them around town like what a source told the the new york post at the time that leto was going around inviting teenage girls to his shows and that he aggressively pursued many of the teen models shacked up at the maritime hotel the source also said girls from img elite next and women are staying there and jared has been hitting on all of them he's a serial texter he is constantly texting these 16 and 17 year old girls it's really kind of creepy and again i'll say this again i really despise people who know that other people are doing illegal and immoral things and they don't say anything at the time but then they want to come out after the fact and be like oh well you know he's always been creepy like this like what were you saying at the time that you witnessed this creepy behavior like what did you do did you just sit there and not say anything okay well shut your mouth now don't like come out and be like oh we we always knew what he was like did you go to the police no so shut up i i can't stand those people by the way this article reads like it was out of tmz all they did was state that a 33-year-old man was chasing after teenage girls as young as 16. Then they later went on to call one of the female, mo- the teen models, a mannequin. So they fucking suck. But also, like, I don't know what the point of the article was just to, like, boast about the fact that Jared Leto is creepy and a predator, I guess. He's also weirdly touchy with female celebrities and presenters. There's loads of clips of him being weird with female celebrities and interviewers, which to me just read as him trying to be a bit of an edgelord and it just comes across as incredibly cringy. He also went viral because he took a picture with Olivia Rodrigo and she's obviously quite young and a lot and I think he's about he was about 50 or 49 or something and people were just like that Demi Lovato meme get a job stay away from her (laughs) because apparently a lot of people know what he's like another thing that he's done I mentioned the method acting previously and that's something that he's known for just being like a real tosser about here are some of the things he's allegedly done as part of his method acting While he was working on Requiem for a Dream, he did real heroin. (laughs) No, I'm I'm joking. (laughs) That's a joke. 
he didn't do real heroin but he did allegedly refrain from sex in order to make his craving look more realistic on screen on set of chapter 27 which is a film about john lennon's assassin he gained 67 pounds which isn't too far off of what other actors have done. Christian Bale famously either gained or lost a lot of weight. I think he became quite sick after that. Russell Crowe is another one who's done that before. I think it's kind of widely accepted that that's a good way for an actor to kind of embody the person that they're playing a little bit more. So that in itself isn't weird. But allegedly, after losing um, after gaining all of that weight, he developed gout as a result and it was so painful that he had to be in a wheelchair for some time after that. And most famously on the set of Suicide Squad, he allegedly gave Margot Robbie a rat as a pet and gave other co-stars things like anal beads and used condoms. This is one of the things he actually says out of his own mouth. There was an interview he did on a red carpet, the premiere for the film, and the interviewer asked him like, oh, we've heard about some of the fun stuff that like you've been giving co-stars as gifts. And he is the one who prompted the guy to say, oh yeah, I gave out used condoms as well. But at least they were used, right? Like that's something you said. And then later on, he did an inter interview with GQ magazine and he basically denied the whole thing, saying that people were making things up about him and, you know, he doesn't understand why people are taking these rumours so far. Jared, babe, you're the one who started the rumour. Like, it, is it even a rumour if you're the one who says it about yourself? And again, the thing is, he does these things or he says these things with such a straight face, which I'm someone who is, like, incredibly sarcastic as I'm sure you, you're not even able to tell, um, but I'm incredibly sarcastic and a lot of times I'll say things with a straight face, but one thing I make sure is that I don't like move on from something that I've said without clarifying that it was a joke or if I'll say something with a straight face and I want it to linger, I'll say something that is so outrageous that there's no way for it to be true. And he just says these things with a straight face, like, yeah, I'm I'm edgy, I'm cool, I'm interesting, I'm an enigma. And then he just leaves it to linger. And then when people take um, him seriously, that's when he wants to cry that it's a joke. Remember when I said that he grew up around hippies and that he said that they didn't try to curtail it and stun any kind of growth when speaking about the creativity and creative expression? To me, this kind of makes sense in terms of his method acting and all of that stuff he does surrounding it. It sounds like he didn't have a lot of structure in his life as a child and was surrounded probably by a lot of artsy-fartsy people, which I love and support artists. So when I say artsy-fartsy, I'm not trying to be, it's not a pejorative term but he's surrounded by all of these artists um with little structure and children need structure so perhaps he's just emulating the people that he grew up around and he didn't really have a lot of people who kind of explained to him that there's a time and a place for certain things also like the hippies were like very big on drugs and whatnot so yeah i'm sure he had great role models growing up but <laughs> the guy's allegedly in a cult so let's be real there's also that one video 
This video is so cringy. There's also that one time he berated a man for sitting down at a 30 Seconds to Mars show. Speaking of video evidence again, there's a video on YouTube of Jared Leto berating a man um, at a 30 Seconds to Mars concert for sitting down. The video is titled Jared Leto acting like a douchebag. I'm not going to link it because you can find it on YouTube. In the less than 90 second clip, Leto stops the music in order to call out this one person who was sitting down. He calls him out in a really condescending way in front of the entire crowd saying, this is a 30 seconds to Mars show. If you can stand up, you better be up on your fucking ass right now. You hear me? Why asking the man to stand up? It seems like the man then stood up and the, and the show went on. But my thing is, why did you have to stop the whole fucking show in order just to get this one person to stand up? They're in a sea of hundreds of people, of hundreds of people, wow. In a sea of hundreds of people, why was it so important to you to get one person to stand up. You might realise that I've done a lot of talking but I haven't gotten to the culty stuff yet so here goes. Leto's band has fans. With fans usually comes a fan club, at least that's what usually happens. Leto's fan club is called Echelon. There's a video on YouTube that is supposed to explain Echelon. It's called what is echelon uh, brackets 30 seconds to Mars except it has n actually nothing to do with the band except for the title I watched the it's a like a couple set a couple minutes long clip it's just like words it, it kind of gave me 2012 tumblr vibes in all honesty it didn't really mention the band or played the band's music which is a very odd thing for a fan club anyways in my experience fan clubs are usually centered around the band or the person they're a fan of so the clip was a bit weird but if you want to if you want to watch it it's called what is echelon 30 seconds to mars anyways echelon is basically the name of their super fans who invest heavily in the band the band have been hosting summer camps for their fans since 2015 allegedly which in itself sounds nice but I'm just sitting here wondering don't these people have family members who want to spend time with them I feel like it takes parasocial relationships to another level providing such close access to the band but there's no way for these fans to actually get to know them and in these situations the power dynamics are so uneven because the fan who decides to pay for such an experience is already someone who's willing to go above and beyond for, for the celebrity and would probably be willing to do whatever it takes to please them. That's usually how a lot of these abuse of power situations play out. A lot of these fans actually spend thousands of dollars to follow the band around the world on tour and they often espouse the notion that you're not a fan of the band unless you've gone to every single show. I'm thinking logistically, let's say they're on tour, they're doing a couple dates in North America and then they're going to go to Europe and then they're going to go to Asia. You have to then fork out the money for the tickets for every single show, travel to get to where the next show is, accommodation, food, and then you have to do that internationally. So let's say they have five tours in America. You have to travel to every single one of those shows, pay for the tickets, pay for the hotels, everything. Then they go to Canada, same thing. Then they go to Europe, 
same thing that's like thousands that's thousands of dollars to do that and some of these fans are expected to go to every single one or they're not true devotees of the band they also alienate themselves further from the non-believers by saying things like you wouldn't understand damn right I wouldn't fucking understand and this is something that they tend to caption their pictures with that you wouldn't understand and even Leto himself repeats that line often making his fans militant in the face of criticism this is something that a lot of cults do to these people you aren't allowed to question what they're doing you aren't allowed to ask them to think rationally because to them you're the one who isn't thinking rationally because why aren't you standing 30 seconds to mars there's some overlap here with stan culture as well i feel like people familiar with stan culture are probably thinking that this this is quite normal behavior for these types of people we see it both in the west as well as in the east most specifically with k-pop as a teen myself i was into k-pop specifically i was into big bang block b and even lesser known groups like speed and m black but i never considered myself to be a stan and once i learned about the harsh conditions that idols were subjected to the music wasn't that enjoyable to me anymore and then i learned about sassing fans which are like basically the stands like the super fans at that point i don't even think they're considered fans they're just obsessed with specific people that's around the time where i gave up on k-pop altogether i still listen to some of my favorite songs from time to time but i don't engage with the culture like i used to i honestly don't have time to do all of that plus have a normal life i don't really have a normal life to be honest but i'm just gonna say that for the sake of this podcast yeah going back to stan culture I'd argue that the difference between most artists who have stands and 30 Seconds to Mars is that you don't see other artists having summer camps and such, narrowing the distance between them and their fans. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of people actually try to create a greater distance between them and their fans. It's hard to say why that is. Maybe it's because they understand the power dynamics. Maybe they understand that some of these people are obsessed with them and would do things to possibly harm them who knows leto doesn't seem to care about these things and i find that very strange allegedly the band once ran a competition where the price was a night sleeping in jared leto's bed i'm just thinking to myself like why would you do that you like a complete stranger who is arguably obsessed with you if they're going to enter a competition and by the way obsession can be both like something that's driven from affection or something that's driven from the need or the want to harm someone so i don't understand why that's something that they are so heavily feeding into a lot of fans also get tattoos of the band's logo symbol thingy which is a triangle with a line through it that's not really that unusual to me because like i know people who've gotten band tattoos before again it's not something that i can ever fathom doing i have tattoos and i'm a fan of bands but i can never see myself getting a band tattoo He's also been quoted as saying things like, if people like 30 Seconds to Mars, they really, really like it. We have this cult, this family, these believers. I don't think I've ever heard Linkin Park or Paramore or fucking Arctic Monkeys describing their fans as believers. They also, in other 
things describe them as devotees which again they're not words that I would associate with someone liking a band maybe it's because I'm thinking about this too rationally I'm not sure but my thing is words mean things and when he consistently calls his band or like this group of super fans a cult at some point people are going to start believing that he's running a cult okay I mentioned in the last episode that I was feeling under the weather and I still am a little bit and I'm now losing my voice so I'm going to go through the conclusion as quickly as I can and I'm really sorry if I lose my voice along the way According to Leto, the whole cult thing was a direct response to journalists saying that the band had a cult following. But as I mentioned above, at some point it seems to have gone from a joke to something that they take more literally. It wouldn't be the first time that someone realised the power they wielded over their admirers and decided to take advantage of it through exploitation. And as I've said previously, Leto kind of has a habit of essentially starting rumours himself and then denying them when people actually start to believe him here's the thing for something to be a joke like i said it usually has to be so absurd that no one is going to believe it that it's true but in his case a shit ton of people absolutely believe that jared leto is capable of starting a cult due to his own words and behavior at some point it seems more likely than not that he is actually running a cult While reading through some of these articles as part of my research, I realised that the smoke is there. And if there's smoke, how long is it until we start to see fire? We may not know for sure whether Jared Leto runs a cult, primarily because no one has ever bothered to really investigate some of the claims made against him, including that stuff about the teenage girls. However, I know one thing for sure. If it's ever revealed that he is in fact running a cult, I for one would not be shocked. There you have it lads, that's my look at whether or not Jared Leto is running a cult. I believe he is Um, and in this day and age of like NDAs and people getting their lives ruined by revealing things, I think it's a lot harder for some people to come forward and also something that I've noticed on social media, um, I didn't really know where to fit this in but I've noticed that if someone who like claims to be part of Echelon like has had a bad experience and they talk about their bad experience they will be bullied like they'll be bullied into like saying that they had a good time which is another tactic or that cults use they basically don't allow anybody to have like critical thinking or to say that they've had any bad experiences lest they be bullied and even excommunicated. I don't think that there are people being excommunicated from the cult of Jared Leto but um, there are a lot of the frameworks of cults that he does actively um, lean into and I just don't understand why someone would want to be associated with cults like the one that I use like the Branch Davidians people died being a part of that. Jonestown, people died. All these other famous cults, 
they're famous because like some of them are infamous because people end up like losing their livelihoods excommunicated from their family and friends they like some of them even end up dying as a result of their belief in this cult um heaven's gate is another one they all um they committed mass suicide so it's just like really odd to me that he would want to lean into the whole idea like yeah i'm in a cult like <laughs> on i edgy like it just he reminds me of one of those people who really wants to be interesting and he wants t- people to think that he's enigmatic and i just think that he is trying too hard but obviously like the new york post published an article where they accused him of some some things that are actual crimes and that was never really um that was never really acknowledged so i find that really strange as well and also dylan i think it was dylan sprouse one of the sprouses is the attractive sprouse twin a couple years ago actually accused him of preying on 18 to 25 year old models as well so like i think it's something that's well known in the industry and i find that really disgusting too many people know about too many bad things that celebrities have done and make too many jokes about them and i find that really um egregious in my personal opinion but that was my look at the branch geridians i don't know why they didn't um if if they're so interested in you know being a cult i don't know why they didn't think of like a really cliche cult name oh yeah there's one other thing a lot of people seem to be really shocked so he is currently i think 51 years old if my math if my finger counting is correct he's 51 years old and a lot of people seem really shocked that he's 51 because of apparently how good he looks for 51 and i just would like to put it out like pose this question to the public like what are 51 year olds supposed to look like are they supposed to have like sagging skin and and just like complete like are they supposed to look like the crypt keeper because i feel like that's what a lot of people expect he doesn't look bad for 51 and it's clear that he moisturizes and maybe he does a little botox allegedly but it's not like he looks like he's 25 let's let's be real paul rudd is also um jared leto's age mate and as i was writing notes about jared and whatnot i was thinking about like the comparison between him and one of his age mates and paul rudd came up and i was just thinking like paul rudd is actually like effortlessly funny and universally loved i think and I don't think anybody's ever accused him of being weird and like weirdly touchy with people. There's so many clips of Jared Leto just being really creepy with um with women and saying like really creepy things. But the way that he says it is just like it just <laughs> it just makes me want to jump out of my skin. I saw a clip recently on Twitter of um Colin, what's his face? The Irish guy. Colin Farrell. It's Colin Farrell. Yeah, I saw a clip of Colin Farrell on Twitter recently where he was like flirting with this reporter and it it just I don't know the comparison it was just like this is if you want to flirt with someone this is how you do it otherwise you just look really creepy except 
especially when you're being like overly sexual because you don't know this person you you don't know whether or not they want you to be speaking to them in in that way and a lot of them they'll laugh it off or, or like downplay it because they they're there to do a job and if they're like if they stop the interview to tell you know Jared Leto like ill you're being a big fucking creep like that's not gonna look well on them so again it's the power dynamic thing that a lot of these people seem to ignore but also I guess that Colin Farrell um comparison also plays into that notion of like if you're attracted to a person then there's more leeway in terms of what they can do and say to you as opposed to if you're not attracted to them just in general I buy into the rule like don't be overly sexual with me unless I've like made it clear that you can do that because like you don't know me yeah oh okay so the other thing is also like I'm like a a huge fan of certain bands and I didn't really want to like go on too much about love of certain things that were related to what I was talking to but I'm a huge fan of Linkin Park and there are songs from Linkin Park that have changed my life and that have like changed my outlook on life that have made me feel included at times when I felt like I didn't I couldn't relate to people around me and all of that kind of stuff and it greatly impacted me when Chester passed away and so like I do get I do kind of understand how some people can be kind of wrapped up into these bands and like project certain types of emotions and and beliefs onto them because I don't know Chester Bennington I've never met him I've never even my greatest regret in life is that I've never seen Linkin Park live in person but his death still impacted me as someone who was a fan of the band but to like get tattoos and to spend like thousands and thousands on tickets to see them everywhere that they perform the same songs like it just sounds like a lot to me it just sounds outside of the realm of possibilities like of something that I would ever do um and that's kind of where I have a really hard time believing that these people are in a in a cult because why would you have the cult centered around a mediocre band from the early 2000s I guess maybe that's why they don't really focus it around the music so yeah that's kind of just like some of my thoughts on the whole thing um yeah if if you're in echelon and it is in fact a cult blink twice (laughs) not that i can see you but um yeah get some help anyways i've rambled on enough i did say that this was going to be an episode sandwiched by good news or a good news sandwich so here is the other side of the bread I guess here's the other good news bread I don't know how to say this I'm losing my mind so in today's good news an Alaskan girl was reunited with her little doggo and it's so cute I can see Disney capitalizing off of this if I'm honest so there's an island off the coast of Nome Alaska that's actually closer to Russia than it is the US on the island there's a town called Gamble and that's where the young girl named Brooklyn Faith was recently reunited with her dog I 
keep saying little dog, but the dog actually isn't that little. I've seen the pictures. So she was reunited with her dog after it had been gone for a month long meander around the frozen Bering Strait. And this also happened in the dead of winter. So this is amazing. The dog, which is an Australian shepherd dog, got lost on a family trip and ended up trekking 150 miles to another small village before being reunited with its owners. Apparently, two dogs actually went missing, but one of them returned home after two and a half weeks. But Nanook, and by the way, Nanook means polar bear. The family used Facebook to spread the word and that's how they found him. The girl's mother said, I have no idea why he ended up in Wales. Maybe the ice shifted while he was hunting. I'm pretty sure he ate leftovers of seal or caught a seal. Probably birds too. He eats our native foods. He's smart. Apart from a bite mark on Nanook's leg, all was good with him and he was completely healthy. And the mother goes on to say that she's speculating that maybe it was a wolverine or a seal or even a small polar bear that caused the damage to his leg, um, the bite mark on his leg. They don't know for sure because it was a really big bite. And she said if dogs could talk, both of them would have one heck of a story. Because like, what was the other one doing for that two weeks? while he was like trying to get back home and also like I love these stories where dogs trek like really long journeys to get back to their owners it just shows how like devoted dogs are and why we as humans don't deserve them except for this little girl she absolutely does deserve these dogs so they had to charter a flight to get him back home that's how far away he was um and I've watched uh these Alaskan shows I've watched like Ice Road Truckers Alaska there's another one Alaska the Last Frontier and there's another one that my mum watches a lot and yeah things are like super remote from one another when you're outside of Anchorage so I cannot imagine like all of the things that these dogs have seen on their journey around Alaska and that's why I would love if Pixar did a movie based on it. Anyway so that's the good news story for the week and that's it from me for this week. I'm gonna go and wipe my search history now because I don't want to get any 30 seconds to Mars related items suggested to me for the next 40 days and 40 nights. Bye!